0: Yo, yo, we back, back for another episode of Man to Man Pod. Yours truly, Darius Butler. I'm a co-host, Antoine Bethea. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, we got a very, very special guest with us today, man. Had, um obviously, a, a breakout year. Came onto the scene last year, followed up this year with another good year. Um, You know, fought back with some, through some injuries at the end of the season. Had a big win to close the season out. Secure a playoff bird. First one. Terry McLaurin, man, happy to have you, man. What's yes, up, sir. guys?
1: Appreciate y'all for having me, man. This is this is dope. Been watching y'all from afar to be on this. It's dope. Yeah, we'll talk about it all
0: off air, man. Indy, Indy from Indy, man. How, <laughs> how, how did you
1: get the old state
0: from Indy? How was what was that process like, man?
1: Well, so I went to a Cathedral, which is like probably one of the top two or three schools in the state. And and one of the, actually the defensive coordinator now, Coach Combs, came to uh cathedral one day, came up, uh, visited, and then he invited me to come to camp. And uh, so fast forward, I went to camp, worked out in front of Coach Meyer, in front of the coaches, and he told me, like, look, you got, you know, I love your speed. I love everything you do, but mm-hmm. you just don't catch the ball well enough. So... Uh, there's a big story out there always that I went home and for, this is a for real story, though. Uh, I went home and caught like probably like 200 balls a day from my, my family, quarterbacks, things like that, just so I could get the scholarship from Ohio State. So I went back. Yeah. To- Coach Meyer offered me on the spot just from seeing me how much I improved in two weeks. I registered in my first year, but after that, it just got rolling for me. But at that moment, I knew like once I got that scholarship that I had, like. When he challenged me, it kind of, I had two options. I could either be like, man, man. I had other offers too. I had other pretty good offers. I could, man, uh-huh. you dude, don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. You know I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. I, could go, uh, I mean, just kind of finishing it up. So yeah. that kind of drove me to, to you know, want to go to Ohio State. You know what I mean? Especially with Coach Meyer's background of the players that he coached and had the opportunity to get a good education and, and play in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it kind of made it a no brainer after that.
2: So you talk about you had other offers, you know what I mean? Obviously Ohio State was on your radar. On um, what other offers um from other schools did you have?
1: Well, I had Missouri, um, which at the time they were kind of they were actually hot at the time when I was coming out in 14. Um, but they had just within the last three or four years had joined the SEC, but they had that, you know, that air raid type of offense. So I was like, mm-hmm. possibly go play in the SEC. Or, oh, and you know, playing a, a passing offense mm-hmm. at the time they had Dorio Green Beckham. Um, yep. so you know, he was obviously top recruit coming out at the time, and I was receiver at the same time. So, um, but I had that one, I had uh Indiana. Um, it was okay, Purdue showed a lot of love. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. um and I liked the people at Purdue, it wasn't the people at all, it was just I didn't necessarily see myself. All those goals that I set out for myself achieving there. There's nothing yeah. really wrong with the people or you know right. the school itself. You know what I mean? But um, those are really the main ones. And then kind of after Ohio State, you know how that goes. Ohio State offered, and the other schools want to start. You start offering, right? Yeah, but like at that point, like I actually started at the MAC level. Really, like I, I, I probably me and my mom probably. And my dad probably toured like four or five max schools, like drove up there. That's back in the day. You drive up there and, you, you know, know for the junior days and stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I started doing that for a little bit. Um, but after that process, once I saw Ohio State, I knew I was done. Like I didn't entertain nothing else because <laughs> that stuff was tiring to me, man. Like I, yeah. I, every Ohio State had checked off everything that I ever – I was looking for. So I wasn't going to keep either entertaining that. And that stuff was just draining. All the traveling, all the, there's only so many weight rooms you could see. Stuff, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just right. how the type of person I was. Like, you know, some people like that. But me personally, I, I was locked in after after I came
0: No, that's what's up. So that that transition, once you get there, uh, you redshirted, I redshirted as well. Uh, A.B., did you redshirt or you played as a true freshman?
2: No, I played. I played all. Okay. You know, a lot of special teams at the beginning of the year, but I started playing safety towards um like I probably like eighth game into the year, seventh game into the year.
0: Okay, okay. Cause I, I went I went to school expecting to play as a freshman. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go there and play uh early. Didn't happen. Happened for my best friend, actually, uh Tyvon Branch. He played as a true freshman. But um, how was that for you? You know, that red shirt year. I know once I kind of got into the thick of it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take full advantage of this. Um, and make it make it you know do what it's supposed to be get bigger get faster get stronger learn how to be a college um athlete right. how was that uh red shirt year for you and then how did it prepare you going into having the success that you had
1: yeah um the red shirt year was uh it was like my humble pie i feel mm-hmm. like um and i was all i've always been a humble kid um you know what i mean just respecting you know how you get there. faith hard work you know i mean two parents who who instilled that in me but <clears throat> that redshirt year, I was coming from, Indian, you know Indianapolis, which is not known for football. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was the, I had to miss the football. I had, was one of the top recruits, really, in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And coming to Ohio State, everybody's like that, right? You know, yeah, they say that, but you can't appreciate it until you're on the field with Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, Denzel. You know, Bosa. You, you, don't, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, can't appreciate those at the time. Uh, and then you get there, is like you think you work hard. Nah, not until you get to the college <laughs> weight room, man. Yeah. They start getting you right and you're doing them runs. You got to start managing your time with school. So, um, But I took that red shirt year twofold to get ahead in my classes. I, I think I took – because I graduated in three and a half years. I took 16 credit, no, 18 credits my my freshman year. Nah, uh, i after coming, out of, uh, after coming out of summer school. So um, I took that as an opportunity to get a jump start on my school. And then also – I mean, I was running the scout team. You know, a scout team, they run the post, but you can run it any kind of way as long as yeah. to open, you try get over it. Right. So, I'm you know, I'm going against the number one defense with all them top corners that I just mentioned. So yep. I took that as an opportunity to try to mimic the best receiver on the scout team I was trying to represent, but at the same time help get myself better, start working on releases, start thinking ahead to when my time comes. You know what I mean? So um, but that redshirt, you really humbled me. Uh, but i didn't necessarily take it you know some guys take it personal you know what i mean mm-hmm. just, you're not good enough yet it's kind of it's, it's, it's like a little step up from when i had to go back in and, and grind to get the offer so um i already had a taste of what that felt like and what it felt like to actually achieve it so um you know it was it was a blessing in disguise really because i you know i remember coming in as a freshman i wanted to come in early i wanted to do all that stuff i'm glad i enjoyed senior year high school just to be you know what i mean because you get in college it's, it's a business too, you know what I mean? Exactly.
2: For, for sure, that's when it starts. You know I mean, as far as the business with that NCAA man, that's a you know they bringing in a lot of money uh, annually, man. And I just kind of back on something that you just mentioned as far as you know redshirt year. Um, you on scout team, you know, you, you just mentioned them Eli Ward. Um, just kind of talk a little bit more as far as like going going up against um day in and day out, like what that. What did you see out of yourself? Like, okay, well, I need to improve on this. I need to improve on this. Well, you know, next year when I am when it is my turn, um, and it's the top corners, you know, what I mean, in the country, right. this is what I'm gonna be looking 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 up against, you know what I mean, playing right. up against. Like how how did that affect you? How did that, right. you know, prepare you for that that follow?
1: Well, really, uh, you know, that's a that's a real good question because Ohio State and especially at that position with the receivers in the corners. You know, we haven't necessarily had all the first round talent, but they had a lot of first round guys over there. And you had to take it to a personal—you gotta take it personally. You're going against those dudes. You had to get better, but you want to win. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and we'll watch the film over and over again. Like, dang, I can't do that again. Dang, I, I did that right. I gotta do something with it. But and it, it, the scheme at the time, we played press quarters from you know Chris Ash, so yeah. it was it was bump bumping bump and run all day at practice Mm -hmm. one-on-ones to to 707 the team all that. so (laughs) i mean you was gonna get exposed you know what i mean so it it really came down to uh, were you were you invested enough to see where you some of the things you did well but able to be able to take coaching come back and coach yourself and then and win the next day because you didn't want to be that dude. Our coaches, how Coach Meyer mandated, you didn't want to be that dude with a losing record. We put a record on, on all the one-on-ones. And we ranked the corners. Yeah. We ranked the corners. And, you know, in our opinion, who's the best? And so one mm-hmm. want to get more points than the other. And you want to, you know, you don't want to be 5 and 11. You know what I mean? So yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like that's what really, that really, it really introduced me more to that competitiveness and that yeah. hunger that you need to be the top dog, that alpha dog to survive and in the league that's what it's like man especially if you want to be a a number one receiver a a guy that's dependent on to make that play you gotta have that mentality and i feel like ohio state and those matchups really prepared me for that stuff yeah
0: Yeah, we had um so obviously you had a a standout um came out standout rookie year and played played well early out the gate and um, we had um plaxico birds who came on um a few episodes ago and he was talking about just how hard that transition was for him and how he had to learn how to beat you know man coverage and create separation, right. you know, down after down after down. And obviously you can see that preparation you had on the college level helped you on the pro level. Um, do you th- what, what else was it that helped you, I guess, succeed so early? Um on that on the NFL level? Because going from you know, yeah. going from the big ten, you're gonna see some obviously some good corners, good competition, but it's not NFL guys every every down, every week. Right. Like how, how is how does that transition? How would you so good so early?
1: Uh well, I appreciate that, first of all, but I think Ohio State prepared me, but even the top schools can't prepare you for the NFL. Yeah, now you—it's like you high school to college. Now from college, now those were all Americans. Those are all top dudes on their teams, and you know, mm-hmm. in the country. So um, you got to be able to excel at what you do well. Um, you got to be open to coaching. You got to be humble enough to know you don't know it all, and 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 just and grind, man. Like you got to treat it like a job. You got to want it that bad, like. You you can't enjoy the, all the perks that come with football and not love the football. You know what I mean? Yeah, At the end of the day, yeah, that's right. just how personally I feel. Yeah, that's and it was The mentality I was coming in with because if you know, people kind of forget I wasn't really seen as a receiver coming into the league. I was seen as a really good special teams dude. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was seen as a special teams ace, top of the you know top of the draft boards and special teams. But people saw me as a guy who could possibly develop into a into a receiver. Um, yeah. And I was humble enough to you know accept. That that was if that was my foot in the door in the league, I was gonna kick the door down, and that was gonna be my opportunity. In but I always knew I had the capabilities of being a, a pretty good receiver. Um, you know, at Ohio State, I, I played my role great, and there's you know at Ohio State, there's only one ball that could go around. I yeah. loved it there. Um, but once I got my opportunity from the Senior Bowl and other opportunities to showcase myself as a receiver, I was gonna do that. So you know, coming in camp, I came in humble enough to be like, look, I'm gonna be on all these special teams. And as soon as I get my opportunities, whether it's with the twos, threes, and when I got finally started getting those one reps, I was gonna make them count. And then it kind of just snowballed from there, you know what I mean? But the biggest mm-hmm. thing that really helped me was when I came in with OTAs and I came in with the mini camps because I got to yep. make my mistakes early. Yep. I got to learn early. I you know, I had some vets, I had Josh Norman, I had uh, DRC, you know what I mean? I had some, mm-hmm. some vet dudes who've been around who've seen it all, so I was really picking their brain like, dang. This stuff I thought was working in college and thought was working um, in those senior bowls and stuff. It's not working on these dudes. And <laughs> yeah. Up, uh, yeah, and I wasn't getting locked up, but it was kind of close. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, some dudes, you know, take it personal, but I was going up and asking. I'm like, "Yo, what you, what what you see?" And I was taking yeah. that coaching and I was applying it to the next practices. And they come camp. You know, I wanted the first thing was on my mind was learn that playbook. Because one of my one of my strengths in my game is, is I'm fast. Well, I can't mm-hmm. be fast and showcase that if I don't know what if I'm you doing. Are
2: dead, if you're out there thinking. Yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. So once once I got that down, I came into camp and I got my opportunity. I just wanted to run with it. And and you know, the more plays I got, the more opportunities I got. And, and I was blessed to stay uh, relatively healthy, healthy throughout that season to you know, try to try to make some plays for that offense.
2: Now that's dope, man. Um, I would say, man, I commend you on the mindset. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know. Um, not early, too. Early, you know what I mean? So, uh, for a lot of guys, it takes them a couple of years to, to even have that mindset. So, for you to be able to go to the old heads and ask them questions as far as, you know, what do you see? What can I do different, man? I commend you. Because um, even, you know later in my career, I used to tell the young guys, look, like whatever position you in, you got that dog in your room. You got that leader, um, that veteran in your room. You gotta be you gotta be able to, like you say, humble yourself and ask questions. You know right. what I mean? So so again, man, I commend you for that. And then I was gonna piggyback on as far as you know, watch a film on you. You know what I mean? So we played twice last year. The first yeah. time you didn't play, you know what I mean? Yeah. But watch a film and even in the meeting, this kind of one of the first times in my career where coaches really circle a rookie receiver you know what I'm saying like yeah. yo you know obviously you know you'll have receivers come in and be like look he's fast you know right. what I mean mm-hmm. so he can, he can take it but you know we used to, we circled you and like look yeah. young boy can go you know what I mean
1: appreciate that and
2: um and, and the second time we played um and 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 watched man you did your thing and again I'll from there, man, I gotta wanna go to the, the 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 stance of you your second year and you a captain. Yeah. Yeah you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um and then you have one of your former college uh, teammates as well, Chase right. Young is a captain as well. Two young boys, first first year and second year, right, captain of a of a squad that's been going through a lot, um, a lot of crazy, you know what I'm saying? Um on the field and off the field so that make you feel being a being chosen as a captain.
1: Yeah. Um. It's, first of all, it's humbling, and and I didn't really see it coming, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, coming to the second year, um. I'm I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, I've always been a leader by example, and I I stood on that. But like, you know, I got the experience being a two-time captain at Ohio State, and that kind of prepared me to feel what it's like to lead a bunch of you know young men men. Mm -hmm. and um you know that was a humbling experience but I also learned I had to start speaking up a little bit more and and being more of a vocal leader and I always saw being a vocal leader previously to somebody who's just like you just a dictator you know what I mean like you just tell people Mm -hmm. what to do but kind of how I saw it in my mind was I kind of grew and had some honest conversations with you know our strength coach who really got into me on that it was you know it's being a vocal leader is like you know the standard and you know what's expected and whoever's not lining up to that, then that needs to be addressed. And so when I kind of started to differentiate that and coming in, but coming into the league, you know, I, I put all that to rest. Like just because I was a Ohio State captain, how he successful, it it, it it wasn't going to like I'm going to take that and try to translate it. No, I came mm-hmm. in and learned from – I had some great vets my first year, AP, uh Vern. Uh, case Keenum came in you know Colt McCoy I've, I've got a lot of dudes or you could just cherry pick some some nuggets from them and yep. and that's what I wanted to do I wanted to be a sponge coming in not act like I knew it all you know I mean I just wanted to be on time do what's expected me play hard as hell and, and and people will respect that and then you know coming into my second year I started having vets coming up to me and be like man you you should try out to you know possibly be a, a alternate for the rep for our NFLPA or you should start being in leadership positions, it was kind of puzzling me a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm just a young dude still. You know what I mean? Just because I had a good rookie year didn't feel like I was going to come in and dominate my second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming with a humble approach and and guys respected that. And, you know, now it's it's accepting that and, and trying to grow into that role too. So putting that C on my chest, it never changed who I was. I was always that person. But it's, mm-hmm. it's it means something to have that C on your chest at the same time. Um, in this league, because it, none of that is given. Yeah. yeah,
0: means a lot, man. I mean, a hell of a lot. We're going to let you get out of here, man. I know you got a busy, busy, busy day, busy week getting ready for these no. playoffs, man. Um, You know, the best success, speed, man. Stay healthy, ball out. It's going to crank up another notch.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, you know sir. what
0: I mean? And uh, yeah. we, we, we expect you to crank it up another notch as well, man. Looking forward to it. No um, doubt. you and you and that team, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yes,
2: sir.
0: I appreciate
1: y'all, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Hopefully, I could come on here again and and talk anything that y'all be trying to talk about. So I appreciate y'all and this platform. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go in here this weekend and compete and yep. see what that's, happens. So
2: that's that's all you can boy, do. That's
1: all that's, you can do. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. yeah. Dope, dope, dope interview, man. You can see, Yo, Terry Matt, man. You can see why everybody speaks so highly of him, man. You know, um, as we as we kinda mentioned, man, for him to end with that mindset as a as a rook, um, a captain, year two. Um, we kinda about it on our previous episode as far as leadership. Um, and you as far as quarterbacks being that leader. Um, rarely have I seen a, a wide receiver um second year. Second year. Be voted voted um, a captain of the team, man, and like you said, wearing that that shield and that chest means a lot, man. When your when your peers and your coaches vote for you, man. So, looking forward to see where his career you know
3: goes, man. What's happening?
2: Yo yo, what's going on? Yo, what's good with, with you,
0: man? I'm good,
3: man. Love what you guys are doing with the with the podcast, man, and, and giving everybody an understanding of what we deal with on the from a secondary perspective. Uh, from the mm-hmm. experience that you guys have brought to the game, so uh, now I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: No problem, man. No problem. So, um, you played how, how long did you play in the league?
3: I played five years.
0: Five okay, five years in the league, second round pick. What was uh, what was that experience like coming transitioning from uh, from college football to the league, man, as a DB?
3: You know what? It was um. It, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind, you know, because mm-hmm. my career at Boise state, you know, I was a corner all the years until my senior year. And I played safety and then getting drafted as a safety and, uh, playing behind Daniel Bullocks, who ended up getting hurt in a preseason game. And the next thing you know, I was a rookie star in the mm-hmm. national Football league. And so, you know, you, you, you deal with that and, you know, have some ups, have some downs. And then my second year, um, I, I uh, broke a bone in my neck. So I had a significant kind of like started up here, started as an NFL starter, and then had the injury. Then I got traded, and it was just like, yo, know, I went from you know sugar to shit at the end of the day from a playing career standpoint. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that now as a coach, um, I use all of that playing experience, uh, personal experience, um, obviously on and off the field to help develop the guys that I have the opportunity to coach now. Now,
2: nah, that's dope, man. And, and, and to be able to have that, um, you know, that experience as far as, you know, playing in the league and, bef- and obviously now you're the DB coach for the Dolphins. But, but prior to that, you were the DB coach in the in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of, you know, talk about as far as like, you know, being able to get your hands on a uh, um, a student athlete in high school is very important. But for you, being able to coach and mentor these young men in college, man, how was that knowing the experience that you had um, as a pro player and as a college athlete?
3: It was good because, you know, when you, when you working with those individuals at that stage in their life, uh, you've done everything that they're trying to do. And and so that was one of the things, even as I was recruiting kids, uh, you know, I understand and look through the lens and I've kind of stepped into the pitfalls that you hope to not, have to do because of the experience and the, and the life experience that I'm giving you. Um, and obviously, you know, getting the chance to work with individuals and develop them and get them to achieve their dreams and, and getting the name called and getting drafted. I mean, that was something that really motivated me. It's like, man, I want you to receive that same phone call that I have one day. Uh, I want you to experience that same joy, but just at the end of the day, I'm going to prepare you mentally, physically, um, you know, intellectually to be able to handle that level as you go in, because I'm going to teach you the foundations of the game. Um, so when you get to the NFL locker room, hey, all you got to do is figure out what language they call. Nah. You know what cover three is. You know what the issues are. You know all of this schematical stuff to where now you're not getting there and hearing certain things for the first time and you try to, you try to keep a job.
2: Nah, for sure, for sure. So for, for our listeners, man um... – I'm pretty sure you had somebody like this. I know I did in Deep Butt, he kind of mentions it as well. So for the listeners, like talk about obviously you're in that, and you you're in the meet rooms and you're in these guys' lives and you're talking football. You want them to become the best football player um possible. But talk about the other roles that you play as a as a coach, where for some you could be a, a father figure, you could be a brother, you could be a mentor. Kind of talk, touch on that a little bit.
3: I think for I was able to be around some really good coaches as I climbed through this, uh, through this profession to be in the situation that I'm in now. Uh, and, and one of the things that was you know relative to me as far as the stuff that I've learned, and I'm pretty sure the stuff that we've all experienced, is the connection that you have to a coach and how he can get the best out of you. I think that that lays a foundation for what you can do for a player and his development on the field. So if I'm on the field and and, and 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 hey, you know the game is emotional and I'm trying to get at you and you know it's coming from a place of care. Mm-hmm. No players don't care what I know unless they know you know they know that I care about them. Yeah. So you know whether it be you know especially when you're dealing with the college kids and you know they coming from home and they 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 learning themselves throughout their lives. So now it's like hey, I'm I'm gonna be the one at hey, coach man come can I come holler at you and, and and be that ear that that that, that listens to them and. Um, obviously we know how important mental health is and just making sure that, you know, Hey man, come to me with whatever, you know, and obviously mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you accountable to the things that needs to be done. Um, but ultimately, you know, that the first thing I the, the first thing, you know, that I love you, you know, and I love you enough to tell you the truth. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's, that's important. You know, that's important when you start talking about, um, you know, as a coach building culture, you know, what is that? That's, that's, you're trying to change behavior. You're trying to change, uh, a train of thought, you know, and, and guys won't buy into what you're trying to get done from an individual to a, a collective standpoint. Again, if we're not all on the same page, and, and and they don't know that I care about them and the things that they go
0: through. Okay, that's that's what's up. That's deep right there. So you don't been um you don't been uh, as a as obviously a player in college, player in the pros, a coach in college, coach in the pros. Um, we were just talking before you got on about Urban Meyer getting hired in uh, Jacksonville. So what's it like from your perspective and just from a coaching perspective overall, dealing with a room full of college kids, you know, a roster full of college kids and then a roster full of, you know, grown men? What's the biggest difference?
3: I think the biggest difference, I mean, here's what I would say. The similarities are players just want to have great information that can help them become better. Um, The difference between, obviously, your college kid and your professional is – really the level of commitment, you know, not everybody in college is committed to doing the necessary things like, you know, a pro, a pro guy. Is. I mean, obviously a pro mm-hmm. guy, I man, he's, he's there to feed his family. Everybody wants to be the starter and, and, and do all of that, but not everybody in college. I mean, some guys get the scholarship and, you know, Hey, it's not working out for them. And, and they're good. You know, they're good with that mm-hmm. good with whatever, you know, uh, they need to do to make sure that they're on the roster and they're getting, they're getting the books paid for. Um, but as far as just what's the what's the major difference, you know, coaching coaching college kids versus coaching professionals, I look at it relatively the same. You know, what you can't assume, and this is one thing that I learned in my transition um, being a pro coach is, you know, you cannot assume just because you're dealing with an um, Xavier and Howard or Byron Jones, you can assume that hey, they just got they got it. That's the worst thing that you can do as a coach. You know, and mm-hmm. again, yeah, teaching a college player, keep teaching a high school kid, hey cover three and break it all the way down to the four underneath three deep. what that means, how that gets attacked is the same thing that I got to do with the group that I'm currently coaching, you know, and and never assume because things come up. And as we know, um, you got to have the consistency and the detail, especially at this level, because that's the difference. Again, players just want good information. That's going to help them. And, you know, I, you know, you talk about Urban Meyer, I mean, he's just he's going to be doing the same thing. Urban is a leader. He's, he's led everywhere he's gone. And it's not going to be any different than what he's trying to get done um, with this process in Jacksonville. It's just going to be a different level of athlete that he's working with. Now, it's, it's real that you what you just said as far as that uh, you can not assume. Um, And right. I think that the great
2: defensive back coaches and just the great coaches I've been around in general, they they have that same, um, you know, that same thought process and it was it was funny for me one year um you know as you know dbs you would get together at somebody crib and you know you'll watch film, you'll break down film and we just got to talking ball and one of our um he was a starting db at the time he was a rookie um a big time player was like you know i can't read three-step and this is like halfway through the year where like through otas and everything you know coaches talking about look we gotta read three-step. You know what I mean? We gotta read mm-hmm. three step. And for me, I kind of took it for granted just because in college I was taught to how to read three-step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so for you to make that, for you to make that comment, it's like, you know, that was the first thing that came off like that rung a bell in my head was like, Man, I remember young boy was struggling out there, like, you know, cause his whole college career was like all press for him. Yeah. So he didn't yeah. he didn't play, he didn't play off covers, he didn't have to read the three-step, he didn't have to trans. You know, have his eyes transition to the receiver. So for him, it was all bump and run. You know, I'm the best corner out here. I'm a, I'm gonna follow the best receiver, take this mm-hmm. receiver out of the game. So that's 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 dope. And for you know, obviously for the coaches that's listening, you know, that's one nugget you could take. Like never assume. That's not, that's that's
3: something you just you can't take for granted as a coach. And you can again, like you can have the assumption, especially when you're a college coach making the transition to the league. And you, you can just say, hey, assume that yo these guys got that. I don't need to cover that. You know, I don't need to go into great detail with, you know, three step or. I mean, you'd be surprised. You know, especially with with some of the college kids and where they come from. Not everybody comes from uh, a good. Even though it might be a big school, it might not be great coaching there. You know, that's just yeah. and, and and so when you get them and and even the guys that are that are currently here uh, that have played in the NFL and have years and have had you know great careers and great starts to their careers, as a coach, you got to break it all the way back down. You know, I and mean, mm-hmm. say, hey, well, I assume since you're at this level, you know how to tackle. Well, damn it, we're going to cover tackling. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about body position and, you know, getting off of blocks and making sure that you got the proper leverage on the ball carrier and, you know, all of that. Break it all the way down. And that's, that's an annual deal, you know. So when we get back into the lab and we get a chance to work with our players again with the 21 season, we're going back to the foundation of football 101, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I could never assume. Here's a great, here's a great story. So. When I first got the job, obviously, you know, life changed for everybody, right? So we're doing Zoom meetings. We're not doing OTAs or anything like that. So, um, and I've done this over the course of time in my in my coaching career. And it's kind of more of a training camp deal. But I mean, when you're having Zoom meetings every day in April, it's kind of hard to continue to keep the attention of the players. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I usually do this Jeopardy deal. You know, so I have like the the. The sections, just like Jeopardy, you know. Hey, football one-on-one, NFL history, you know. So I got, you know, I got these categories, and so the final, the final Jeopardy question, right? So it got competitive. Guys liked it, and it was all of that. So I said the final Jeopardy question, uh, and it was like, know hey, how many referees are on the field in an NFL game? Right? How many referees? So
2: mm-hmm.
3: both of them, both teams got it wrong. They said like seven, seven referees. And yeah. I said, No oh, man, there's there's one referee. All yeah. the little guys, there officials, right? Mm-hmm. One referee, and so it's like it's like little little things like that. And again, that's obviously extreme, but you mm-hmm. know, hey, how many guys are can got to be on the line of scrimmage in order for a formation to be legal? You know, how wide is the field? How long is the field? You know, how much how many yards are between the hashes? You know, and just again, it's just teaching the game, but it's not assuming. Um, and hopefully, as you build the curriculum, and then you're talking about the details of defense. Again, as a coach, you can never assume and take those opportunities for teaching for granted.
0: Yeah, I, I've only been in one place where I had to learn those things. The, the length of the field between the hashes out in New England. So uh, yeah, um, obviously, you know,
3: obviously, you know, where we're this, you know, where Flow came from. Flow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, when you have an opportunity to teach the game um, and then obviously you can build off the foundation, then you understand, all right, this is where certain concepts are going to be attacked and this is how, you know, this is where the slot curl defender and cover two was supposed to be. And that's where they're going to attack you and and, and all of that. And so again, it's just laying the foundation of the game. And again, never assume because all these individuals are coming from different colleges and they're growing into the league. And again, you can assume that they know, but you know, a lot of the times if you ask them, they don't. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's so sure. did you know, uh did you know when you were playing that you would want to get into coaching after
3: well, you you know, know what? I,
0: kinda
3: I, I didn't. Um, I kind of thought about it. I asked questions, especially towards the end of my career, like, you know, hey, how did you know if you wanted to get into coaching? What's the difference between the college game and the pro game? And, um, you know, when I really found out that I wanted to do it, I even wanted to do kind of what you guys are doing. Obviously, this is a different platform uh, mm-hmm. to do some TV stuff or possibly coach. Um, I knew I knew what I wanted to coach when. I was going what would have been my sixth year in the league. I was I was out, you know, trying to get back in, doing the free agent hustle. Um, and I ended up volunteering at my high school in California. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm thinking like, okay, I went to a game that Friday night. I'm like, well, maybe I come out here and help the kids. I mean, hell, there's only so much time I can do working out and staying in shape throughout the day. Go over there, do some individual, help the kids out, whatever. And and, and went out there and really kind of poured into it. I mean, next thing I know, yeah. I'm helping help the game plan. and. And all of that stuff, I'm, I'm working day to day with the – and it's, it's what I look forward to every day, you know, working mm-hmm. out and, and doing the coaching stuff. Um, but I knew this is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I had a workout with the Cowboys. So, flew out to Dallas. It just so happened – usually that stuff works happens on a Tuesday. The workout was actually planned for Friday. Something happened, flew me out that Thursday, and the only thing I kept thinking was, you know, we got this big league game on Friday. You know, and obviously I want to get signed, but, you know, as I'm sitting there in Dallas post-workout and, you know, you're going through the, hey, yeah, you're going to get signed, you're going through the medical part, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, yo, when this team comes out and trips with the back over here, you know, we got to make sure, you know what I'm, I'm I'm thinking about yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I hope that if I don't get signed, I can get on that plane and I can be there for the game. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I kept thinking about. And, and I didn't get signed, got to the game. And I'm like, you know what? If I never play a down football game, this is exactly what I want to do. And, and sure enough, um, didn't didn't do it, and I, I committed to it, and I made some phone calls and tried to tap into some opportunities to be a grad assistant somewhere. And, and mm-hmm. you know, a couple years later, man, I'm sitting here as the uh, Dolphins DB coach. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. man. I, yeah. I, I love the story. I love the story. And it's
2: crazy because a lot of people just don't know the journey. You know what I'm saying? Don't know the journey. Mm-hmm. Don't know what – um what, what goes into making these like life decisions you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying whereas like you said she, you've been playing ball for so long and you know who would want to turn her down an opportunity to play with the dallas cowboys you know what i mean but in your mind it's like shoot my youngest back home you know i, I want to help them succeed so that's that's definitely um a beautiful thing a question that i want to ask Um, And this is more so maybe, you know, some young cats that's that's watching this, that's going to listen to it as a DB coach. Right. If I came into your room and be like, you know, Coach G.A., I want you to help me break down this film from a DB standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like, What would be like your three to five things you would tell me to help me understand the game as I'm sitting there critiquing and breaking down film?
3: I was and let's let's talk about a safety. All right. So you know, if, if, if that's the case, you know, what I would, the first thing I would say is, you know, understanding personnel who's mm-hmm. on the field, you know, how are they trying to, you know, block up, you know, you, you know, what are, what are your keys? What are you looking at? What is the offensive lines mannerisms? Let's say, Hey, we're talking about three deep and you're the edge defender and how are you going to, how you going to set the edge or how are you going to read the difference between play action and run game and just regular, regular, you know, uh, High hat, low hat. You know. Uh, okay, now let's talk about a week of preparation. All right, let's let's look at all the first and second downs. Let's look at the runs. Look at the. Let's look at the play action passes. Let's let's insert yourself into the tape uh, with certain calls. You know, hey, you would be in this position, so look at this because that's what you're going to be looking at on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know? And not try to not try to know everything that they're going to do and say hey, when they are in this formation when they the, and then sometimes that works, but at the end of the day. Hey, man, it's a rules ball game. And mm-hmm. as far as faith is concerned, you know, you obviously are the primary communicator, at least in our defense you are. Right. I got to know the next step before the next step even happens. So as mm-hmm. I'm watching the film, hey, when this guy moves, does that change our call? Does that change our alignment? You know, mm-hmm. go, go through the mechanics of that. When am I going to see certain things? You know, when am I going to see certain looks, certain formations? All right, now, again, the NFL is a, is a people business. Okay, when they put this guy, how, do they, how are they trying to get this guy to ball? If he's in this spot you know is it if he's at the if he's the receiver and he's at the number three inside all right there's a reason why yeah, he's there. there yeah figure out why he's there and again does it directly affect you if it directly affects you how are you going to make sure that you recognize that or we communicate that and 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 we get ourselves in a, in a good position to succeed on that down but again i wouldn't say go in there and try to learn it all learn exactly what pertains to you see those keys know that you know that communication know that adjustment so when you see it on sunday you 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 control the game with understanding that's that's what i always say understanding leads to control and if you understand your personal responsibility what's going on then you can put yourself in a good position to be successful Mm -hmm. and obviously you know you can take it to the
2: to the uh I guess, the master's class as far as knowing the linebacker's role and knowing the D-line and their stunts and, you know, how you have to fit in on the run game. But definitely for the youngins, man, for the youngsters who's, who's listening to this, um, DB-wise, you know, those are some of the, the main things you kind of need to focus in on and hint, um focus on, you know, to make your play and make you play fast um, mm-hmm. and, you know, have the understanding of what you're supposed to be doing.
3: Here's, a, here's an exercise that I've done over the course of, of, of the years that I've coached. So, um, you know, what I say is see a little, see a lot, see a lot, see a little. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll write on the board, you know, see a little in little small words, and next to it I put see a lot. And I'll do the same thing. I'll say see a lot, and then little, you know, little words next to it I put see a little. I say, well, now focus, mm-hmm. on, focus on this see a little right here. What do you see next to it? You know, see a lot. Okay, perfect. So if you just focus on that, you could see everything that you need to see. Now, focus on this big-ass see-a-lot right here. Do you clearly see what's next to there that's written small? No. Mm -hmm. Nah, because if you're trying to see too much, especially on the football field, you're not going to see nothing. You need to focus on what those keys are. And, again, it all goes back to the preparation. All right, what does that that guy's mannerisms look like Monday through Saturday? Because on Sunday it's going to be the exact same and now you can go from this key to your second key, and now you can move mm-hmm. fast versus trying to see too much. And and you know, obviously with teams like the Rams and you know, all the I mean, everybody with this pre-snap movement yeah. and motions and stuff like that, all this all this doing is testing your eye discipline. You mm-hmm. understand what that means to you and how that could adjust, but you gotta make sure that your key is where it needs to be.
0: So now with, with with how the league is going, the things that you just talked about, these pre-snap motions and, and everything that they're doing now, I know for us, um, me playing that slot defender position especially, this would be the time where I would want more anchored calls, right, where I don't have to run a motion and have to really necessarily think about what coverage I'm going to be in on the other side of the field. Is there, like, I guess league-wide, is there being more, I guess, anchored calls now than,
3: like, when we played? Yeah. Um- there, or not I, mean, I can't speak for everybody's system I mean you have mm-hmm. to have rules in place to, to 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 make sure you handle that especially as a nickel we talk about yeah. nickel. Hey, if you traveling and man coverage you got to have you know you got to go and how are you mm-hmm. gonna are you gonna adjust it you're gonna push it you're gonna you know how are you gonna handle that you're gonna spend the coverage and obviously hey if it's you know man aligned zones hey am i running versus the missile motion am i staying? and you know okay what is that and you know that's another from a preparation part, okay, hey, what does yeah. the missile look like versus what does the regular motion look like? With that slot receiver, how do I, how am I going to determine the difference, Um, especially as a nickel? Um mm-hmm. You know, you got to have those rules, and a lot of that stuff is obviously kind of you know coming from the college ranks, and you're starting to see a lot of, you know, you see like guys like Josh Allen and and, and Mahomes, and really kind of where the game is. No, like it's not not too back run downhill, yeah, you know, like it was played 20 years ago. You know, see a yeah. lot of the spread stuff. Um, which fortunately enough for me, I feel my path to being here allowed me to be prepared to be able to teach some of that stuff because some of those same schemes I've seen at the college level over the last couple of years um, in defending it. And so, you know, when I get up here and I see some of that stuff, I kind of have my experience on the rules of how we handled it. And obviously as a staff, we collectively come together with what we're going to do. But you definitely got to have your rules in place because that's just the way the game is played now. With with the spread and the RPOs and the and the fly motion and stuff like that. Man, and then y'all just talking about the nickel
2: position. I think uh, you know, me and D we kind of talk about it all the time. Like nickel the nickel position is probably one of the most important positions on sure. the field because, like you that, said, that, we-
3: that position has so much value as we know. I mean, That's you gotta true. be uh, you gotta be a guy that can cover. Obviously, there's more space that you gotta defend, especially when you start talking about man coverage. So, uh, you gotta be able to tackle. You gotta be tough. You know, you gotta set edges out there on the perimeter. Or, yeah. or you gotta, you gotta, you gotta defeat blocks. I mean, you're gonna have guards and and guys pulling on you, and you gotta be, you know, you gotta be strong enough to to to, to set an edge or savvy enough to be able to slip a block and and make a play. You're gonna be asked mm-hmm. to blitz. You're gonna be asked to play zones. You gotta be highly intelligent. And then, you know, DB, you know, as you got used to that position, and it's like, okay. How do I incorporate the skies? You know these quarterback, yep. dumb. You know, hey, if I show, if I show outside leverage and we showing rotation away, you know, we don't have to, sh- we don't have to show that we playing split safety. and I'm about to slide inside of two, and I'm about mm-hmm. to make my drop, or you know, yeah. vice versa, or hey, I'm gonna show like I'm coming, but you know, hey, I might be, I might be playing <laughs> the half, you know, and so yeah. as you get, as you get used to the the, the that piece, you know guys understand at least def- defensive coordinators and, and obviously db coaches especially you understand how how valuable that that position is it's a starter at the end of the day oh absolutely it's a starter you know and and most of the time i mean you know 60 65% of the snaps are sometimes played in nickel defense you know mm-hmm. five db's on the field so you know that position man is 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 so valuable now it's it's uh that's just the way the game is played now
0: yeah yeah, and, gotta be and, gotta be a great communicator too. Yeah, I
3: was just about to say that. Yeah. You gotta be a great communicator. And you know, obviously with with the safeties and the and the and the nickel. I mean, sometimes corners, man, you cover, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. we get into this bunch, we get into this stack, it's like the the, the 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 safe, or excuse me, the uh the nickel or the star or whatever. He's making the hey, we're doing this, and hey, we yep. hey be alert for this, be alert for that, or hey, if I'm in a zone and I got a cut split on two, and it looked like he about to access your your third. Hey, yo, nasty split. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, watch the. You know, so you gotta be a you gotta be a great communicator at that position. I think yep. that you know, again, it comes with preparation. Um, some guys can't do it because they can't communicate, or they're not committed to doing it. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta be a you gotta be a loud communicator. You gotta be an assertive communicator, and 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 you gotta you know prepare for that stuff. And again, you're doing the same thing that the safeties doing. Okay, what is that? What does that mannerism look like when it's you know run game? Now, okay, all right, backs to my side. All right, now I'm I'm in the RPO conflict. Now I gotta read the end man line of scrimmage. If I see run, I gotta snap my eyes to get ready to squeeze the slant or you know, all of that. So you gotta be mm-hmm. as you know it's valuable. Um, and you gotta find one to be a successful defense. Have to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now you guys, uh, I I want what you got, Twan. My phone,
3: go
2: ahead, Deba. You good?
0: Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about um your secondary. So, you got we had Xavier Howard on our last episode. You got Xavier mm-hmm. Howard, you got Byron Jones, you got Rowe, you got McCain. Like, all these guys have. I know McCain has played slot, he's played corner, Rowe played corner, played, played slot, played safety. Now, mm-hmm. uh, even Byron Jones has that flexibility, has played both positions. How is that? helped you guys like going into game plans, like, you know, being that versatile? Is that why you guys can do all those crazy zero blitzes or cover ones and and do still make a plays? Like, how does that? um,
3: I think when you have guys who have, have, uh, you know, really a a coverage foundation, you know, Mm have you know, uh, guys have made the transition from corner to safety and and with Roe and Kane. And, um, you know, and it, it allowed us to do, all the things that we can do from a versatility standpoint, you know, to have role, you know, match up and cover guys or send pressure when we wanted to, or, you know, play zones when we wanted to. And I think one of the things that allowed us to do a lot of the stuff that we did this season is um, Bobby McCain is a, is an elite communicator. You know, that yep. was one of the things that he, I mean, there's just so much value that certain guys like that, that doesn't reflect on a stat sheet mean to the defense. And so, you know, when you have that um, and you have a guy like X who's playing at a historical level um, and obviously Byron Jones is doing, doing his thing on the other side, uh, just obviously not having the crazy ball production that X did this year. Uh, oh, it allowed us to do some good things and, and it allowed us to, to play well as a secondary and play consistent. And yeah, well, there's a lot of things that, you know, we wish that we could have, uh, we could have done better uh, because, you know, obviously it wasn't good enough to, 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 to get to what we really wanted to get to this season. Um, but it's, it's a special group to work with. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to be able to work with these guys, man. And they're ultimate professionals. They're, they're, they're guys that just mm-hmm. want information to get them better. And, um, you know, we laid, a, we laid a pretty decent foundation that we can build off of for the next season. Yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, D-Budget kind of ran off the, you know, the guys that y'all got back there
2: um, playing great ball, right? Mm-hmm. So as an outsider looking in, um, they could be like, well, damn, like, you the DB coach. That's an easy job for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell the folks, like, you know, that's, for one, being a being a DB coach, I think it's it might be easier for you because you were a DB. Mm-hmm. I know all the DB rooms that I've been in as a player, we used to give our coach hell. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Just with the personalities and, you, you know what I mean? The personalities I mean? You have some personalities room. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just with the caliber of players that you have, like, and maybe and maybe it is easy for you because you got you have good guys who's coming in, who's willing to learn, who's willing to listen. You know what I mean? Just talk, just talk to like the outsiders about like when you do have these grown men that's like you say, X got 10 10 picks right now, playing at a exceptional level. You got B Jones that's that's doing his thing, and you know, you have these these characters in the in the room. Like, how is it um as a DB coach being able to, to manage these? personality or even do you manage it? You just let them do what
3: they do. No, I think, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. I mean, obviously from a coaching standpoint, I mean, you you got to have good players to be a good coach. That's just, that's just the way the game is, man. If you don't have mm-hmm. guys that can do what you're asking the guys to do, then you won't be successful no matter how good of a coach you think you are, no matter how legendary of a coach that you, you you have the reputation of being. So, uh, but I think my, my role um, is really creating an environment that those guys can work and succeed in, you know, and that's good again, being a good teacher, um, you know, teaching the fundamentals and holding the guys to a level of accountability to the standard that we set in our DB room. Um, You know, what I want to do is I want to make sure that our culture, the things that we do, you know, and how we operate. And I've always been this way with my groups and no matter what level um, that we're the standard and we're setting the bar, we're pushing it every single day. Um, how we practice, how we prepare, how we meet, how we communicate, you know, how how our physicality shows on the film um, and what that resume looks like, you know, and obviously you got to have good players. Um, but again, it's it's the cultural standard that I uphold to to make sure that those guys are playing as well as they can play. And that's that's the hard part. That's the heavy lifting. when You're trying to change behavior of individuals who have been successful in their careers um there's got to be buying you know and luckily i've had you know i've been able to you know obviously have some some relationships with these guys and fortunately enough for me i got a chance to play in the league so those guys kind of you know look at me with with the the level of respect like okay you know buddy did what i'm doing i can you know i can vibe with him a little bit but that doesn't necessarily you know make make me successful as a coach because I play. Mm-hmm. You know, as we all yeah. know, some some former players can't coach. It's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for 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 me, that's kind of what uh that's kind of how I how I operate and how I see, you know, me leading the room and the responsibilities that I have in order for them to to succeed. Again, yeah, we had, you know, X had a crazy year, but you know, that's over with. You know, Mm -hmm. and and our our success, like we can't eat off last year's plate as we get into the 21 season. So now we got to go back to square one. For me, square one looks exactly like we were talking about earlier football one on one. Let's teach the game. Let's, let's, hey, let's, hey, let's push the envelope. Hey, these, these details that we may have talked about last year, they weren't consistently executed enough for us to get our ultimate goal. So we got to go back. We got to push it forward. I got to, you know, we got to be, you know, we got to, Push the envelope some more. We gotta, you know, we gotta run harder to the ball. We gotta attack the ball even harder. We gotta practice even harder. We gotta do things even harder, because um, as we know, man, that's the that's the small that's the small thing that you can do to make a big difference. For sure, that's For a sure. bet. That's a
0: bet. So uh, overall, like, what's your um, what's your overall aspirations uh, in the coaching? Ultimately, you want to be a pro head coach, college head coach, the coordinator.
3: Um, I, I think obviously the coordinating thing is a goal of mine the head coaching thing is a goal of mine. I think, you know, just, I want an opportunity to continue to lead and, and as mm-hmm. I'm doing in my room right now, you know, right now I'm the head coach of my room, you know, I'm the head yep. coach of the DBs for the Dolphins. Um, I think that, you know, over the course of time, as I continue to learn with my experience, you know, you know, seeing how Flo interacts with the team every single day, seeing how the, the culture he's set um, really starting with, um, his vision to our coaching staff and and how we push that through the locker room, you know, that's something that I aspire to do one day, um, mm-hmm. and it's an inspiration to me to work for Coach Flow to, to 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 see a black man leading the team in the NFL. You know how you yeah. get that opportunity is, and so I'm able to be inspired by his interaction with the team every single day. I'm like, yo, I want that to be me one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those, yeah, those those are my goals, and 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 that's not to say that I'm focused on them all the time. Right now, I'm just focused on being, you know. A, a good DB coach for the Dolphins yep. you know, getting these guys to play at an even higher level. Let's, let's take the next step, whatever that looks like, but let's take the next step in what we can do as a secondary for our defense, for our organization to, to hopefully get into the tournament next year and see what happens. That's nah, dope, man. You just talking about close flow, man. We got a question, man. He's a,
2: he's a faithful of ours. Um, <clears throat> please give your thoughts on Brown Flores getting fiery and passionate <laughs> against the Bengals in that scuffle.
3: I mean, I think that you look at the the situation that happened when you got a guy who got smoked twice um, by a gunner early, and yeah. you know, again, you know, our job as coaches is to love our players, and 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 their job as players are to love each other. And if we build off of that foundation, man, then you can have a pretty special culture and a pretty special team. And so when you see, you know, you see a teammate or you see somebody, you know, who, who's who's getting a cheap shot, I'm pretty sure, you know, tempers flared up and. and you might have, I mean, he might have had an out of body experience right there, but it was based on his care for an individual that was on his team, and so yeah. um, you know that's 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 what happened. I stayed my ass on the sideline. You <laughs> know, I'm, I'm looking for the personnel. that's like, yo, I don't even know the rules, but I ain't going Ain't <laughs> <team on
0: tape." laughs> try to get that finish, uh,
3: man. Get me on tape, man. Wife gonna be mad about that, man. Calm your
0: nerve. <laughs> I already know. Uh, we're going to let you go in a couple of minutes, man. Who who are with the teams that's left? Um, You know, who you think got the best chance of making that run, man?
3: You know, I think it's important, as we all know, that you got to be playing some really good football at this time of the year. You know, things, yeah. you know, no matter how you started, it matters how you're playing right now. And And I would say just, you know, the way the Bills have been playing, you know, as of late. You know, they they just they just got something going. You know, you can just see it. You know, you can just I mean, we saw it in our last game right. um, they're playing at a high level. You know, they're playing at a high level. They set themselves up to be able to obviously do some things at home um, and have to maybe go on the road once. Obviously, you know, when you when you're when you're playing this time of year, you're playing the elite teams. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would not I would not be surprised to see them. Accomplish the things that they probably set out as a team, just because of the way that they're playing. And again, mm-hmm. uh, we know game day is at sixty minutes, is all that matters. And if you're not playing well that day, it's over. You know, this yeah. playoffs work. You know, and uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this thing uh, plays itself out as it continues to go.
2: Wow, guys, so you, you. you and Deep butt saying the same thing. The Bills, yeah, man. Bills look
3: good, man. Josh yeah.
0: Allen look good right now.
3: Playing well, they're playing well offensively, they're playing well defensively, they're playing well. Yeah, it's a different challenge when you're playing against Lamar and the versatility that that offense creates, whether it be through the air or on, especially on the ground. Um, you know, but, but we'll see, man. That's 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 the beauty about the NFL, especially this time of year, man. It's the, it's the best reality TV show that's going. Nah, yep, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Man, G.A., man, we
2: definitely appreciate you, man, stopping by, man, talking ball, man. Definitely appreciate got to have you on, man, again. Yeah. Keep, 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 keep Absolutely,
3: doing man. doing God's work out here, man. Let this <laughs> be a
1: beautiful
0: game. Yeah, man, we're going to enjoy, uh, continue to watch you, your success, man. Keep it up, man. You, man. I know you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you, bro.
2: Appreciate, yes, that. Sir. appreciate you, right. fellas. All right, man. Yes, sir. Man, that was a good conversation right there yes sir joe alexander you can just tell by the way you know he just he's he was speaking here on the podcast shoot if i was in his meet room i'm gonna listen
0: yeah he's locked in
2: yeah locked in so uh like you just said man definitely gonna keep track of his success man we definitely be hearing his names soon coming up in the beat coordinator uh positions and head coach positions man so shout out to ga Man to man, park. I'm answering my day, my co host, the butt. Yes, sir. We Get out.